Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another PC Boys podcast. This is your host, Logan, and today we're going to be talking about the Thor Love and Thunder trailer. So for those of you that um, haven't been keeping up with Marvel, uh, the other day, Thor actually got a new trailer, which a lot of people have been waiting for. I'm not amongst those people, um, but I do have to say that as a Marvel fan... It is definitely, you know, I watch all Marvel movies, so anything Marvel-related, I'm like, okay, I'll give this, you know, a listen or a watch. Um, and I, I watched it. And I was also very surprised as everybody else because nobody was really expecting a Thor trailer to come out. Like, there were some teases that something was coming about Thor, but not exactly a trailer. So what I essentially did was saw it, watched it, and... I was very disappointed with the trailer a lot, um, mainly because it just, it didn't give any kind of direction to the plot and what's going on. So for me, when I was watching um, the trailer, I was very, I guess you could say confused because I was expecting there to be action of some kind. I mean, obviously, we talk about Marvel movies, so action's kind of a necessary thing. I mean, if you, even if you take a look back at Spider-Man No Way Home and what happened with that movie, it was very apparent that, oh, this is going to be a good movie. Like, you saw Doc Ock in it, so you were like, okay, th- this is going to be good. Like, this is going to be interesting. Then you watch the Thor Love and Thunder trailer, and it's like, what's going on here? Now, prediction... The Guardians of the Galaxy not going to be a huge part of the movie. That's my prediction. I think that Guardians of the Galaxy will probably be, I would say, in the beginning of the film. I think is what's going to happen, or at least the first act, if if they're going to be in it super long. That's my prediction as to how that's going to go. Um, but I think the rest of the movie is going to be mainly Thor's journey. He's trying to find inner peace. Obviously, it seems like they're going, like, the ultimate route of Thor. For those of you that don't know, in the Ultimate Comics, or the Ultimates, which is, like, the Ultimate Universe's Avengers, Thor is a hippie. He doesn't like to fight. He's not really someone that's, you know, into that. So, it looks like they're kind of going that route with Thor for this movie, um, which may turn some people off or not on it. it. It really does depend on what kind of Thor you're looking for. I mean, you're not going to have fat Thor anymore. So, I mean, if you didn't like that, at least, you know, you're going to be pretty happy. This, that's going to be on. Um, but I would have to say, for me watching this trailer, I wanted some kind of sense of direction of the plot. And really, we didn't get that. We got some jokes a good song choice, which I saw people commenting in the YouTube comment section, but at the same time, that's not really a critique of the film. It's it's just not a critique of the film or the trailer. It's like, okay, there's a good song choice, but that has nothing to do with the film and the quality of the film. So watching the trailer um, to the very end, I was hoping for something big. And yeah, you do get the reveal of Jane Foster's Mighty Thor, but that's it. The costume looks great, you know, the Mjolnir hammer looks cool, but that's it. That's literally the coolest thing in the trailer, and for me, I'm not a huge Thor fan, let alone a uh, mighty Thor fan, so I'm not, 
you know, super hyped about it. Like, it's like, oh, that's cool, but for me, it's not like a, you know, seeing all Spider-Men on the, on the big screen together. Like, for me, that's big. I'm a big Spider-Man fan, but I'm not a big Thor fan, so for me, seeing Mighty Thor's not my thing. Um, but I will say that it was, um, it, it was a good outfit. It was done very well. I just hope that they give Thor something to do in this movie outside of being a comic relief character because I feel like ever since Taika Waititi's taken over the Thor movies since Ragnarok, it just seems like they just try to make him funny, and I'm not really about that. I think that Thor needs to be a character that has more substance, especially with like that Nordic mythology and stuff. I really like that in the first two Thor movies. Um, I know a lot of people don't like Dark World. I don't think it's terrible. It's not one of my favorite movies at all in the MCU. It's one of my least favorites, but I, I still liked it better than Ragnarok. Um, but the, the movie I think is going to be, I don't think it's going to be a, a, a top hitter. And the reason I say that is because even if you take a look at the marketing strategy, right, they're marketing this movie three months out from release, Normally, movies start marketing six months from release so they can get out posters, you know, their press tour, the three different trailers, plus your teasers and your TV spots, your merchandise. Three months, and then you give us the first teaser when you're about three months out from the movie is a very sketchy sign that maybe there's not much hope for this movie from the studio. Um, and I know some people could say, but Spider-Man No Way Home did the same thing. The main difference between Spider-Man No Way Home and Thor Love and Thunder, Spider-Man No Way Home had a big secret in it. Well, multiple big secrets. They couldn't afford to let that get out to the public. And even though it did, they tried their best to not. So they revealed literally nothing about the movie. Because if you've seen Spider-Man No Way Home... If they revealed more about the movie, there would be no surprises for the film. Um, so it's understandable why they did it for Spider-Man. But for Thor, it's different. Because Thor is not on Spider-Man's level in terms of popularity. And his movie doesn't have that big, like, hitting factor. Like, this big, shocking surprise in the movie coming. I mean, we've already seen Jane Foster's Thor. If, the, if, if there was any surprise which people knew about that you'd want to save, that would be it. Um, but that, that, that's really all there would be. Um, now when it comes to Gore the God Butcher, we didn't get to see him in the trailer at all, but based upon merchandise that's been leaked out from Pop Funkos to the actual Marvel Legends figures and whatnot, he is going to be having his signature sword, um, and it looks like from the Pop Funko figure that it's going to be a symbiote. So if that is the case, I guess Sony and Marvel made a deal to be able to use the symbiote in the MCU beyond Spider-Man. But we'll see if they make changes to that. Because obviously we're in the MCU. I mean, look at Miss Marvel. You're changing the character and how she got her powers. In the comics, she got it through the Terrigen Mist. And then in the new show, it's literally from an artifact. like Or a bracelet. So it's, it's different. So they might do the same thing with Gore the God Butcher. They might change it. There's no guarantee that it's going to be... Um, like the comics or not. But in the comics, it was a symbiote. So, we'll see. Now, do I think that this movie's gonna be terrible? No. I think it's really hard to make a terrible Marvel movie. Um, outside of maybe Captain Marvel. But Captain Marvel, like, 
as much as I don't like the movie, like, it wasn't the worst movie I've ever seen in my entire life. It was just boring, you know? For me, she didn't feel like she had a character arc. Um, she seemed way overpowered as a character as well. Um, so for me, it was just kind of boring watching her movie. The CGI was good. You know, there was some good dialogue in the movie, not mainly from Captain Marvel herself, but the, you know, surrounding cast, uh, supporting cast. But, you know, it's not a terrible film. But when it comes to, um, you know, Thor, Love, and Thunder, I don't, I, I think it's going to be better than that. It's just, it's, it seems like it's going to be a boring movie, and that's what scares me. Like, when I went to watch Venom Let There Be Carnage, I wasn't expecting a, a really top-tier Marvel movie. I was like, it's just going to be entertaining, and it was. You know, I went in with expectations of entertainment, and I walked out thoroughly entertained by the movie. And with Morbius, that's, that's what expectations I have for it when I get it on Blu-ray, but I'm not going to the theater to watch that movie. There are some movies I won't go to theaters to see. I mean, The Eternals. I had no interest in it, and I'm not going to watch it. And I know in the MCU, you have to watch things to understand the full story, but I've been a part of the MCU for its first 10 years, a.k.a. its glory golden age. You know how Call of Duty had its golden age from, like, Modern Warfare 1 to, like, Black Ops 2? It's kind of the same thing like that. After that, everything fell off. Same thing with Marvel. I don't really keep like, that close of an eye on Marvel Studios stuff anymore like I did because I'm just not as interested in it anymore. Mainly because the writing and everything has just seemed to go gone downhill and you got a lot of hits and misses now. You get some gems and then other things are just, eh, they're, they're not that great. They're not terrible, but they're just not that great. And the thing is with Marvel Studios is Marvel Studios is held on a very high pedestal They've made it to a point with how successful they've been that people expect certain things. Like, for instance, if somebody tells me, oh, Marvel Studios, oh, th this new movie that came out has great CGI. That, that's good. That's, that's great. But we kind of expect Marvel Studios to have great CGI. We've seen them do it so many times now that it's kind of their standard. You can't give Marvel Studios credit for good CGI when they consistently give you good CGI. It's just kind of a staple. For instance, it's like back in the day when it came to um, Call of Duty when they introduced like kill streaks and stuff. You expect Call of Duty to have that. If they don't, it's a problem. Or if they have a lack of weapons or maps by that, you know, matter, it's a problem because you have come to expect a different standard. Like if you set the standard and you consistently either break that standard or you you keep it. People expect more from you, meaning the one time you slip up or don't do as good of a job, people are going to flip at you. They're going to notice. They're going to complain. That's just what's going to happen. So, with that being said, um, I definitely think that Thor Love and Thunder is going to be one of these movies that's going to be one of Marvel's kind of eh kind of entries. I don't think it's going to be a really great entry, and I don't think it's going to be a terrible entry. I think it's just going to be a, a run-of-the-mill middle Marvel movie. Um, because obviously, it is just a teaser trailer, and I do think there's going to be more action, and when the other trailers come out, it's going to be more exciting. But for the teaser trailer, they didn't set a good tone to get you excited for the film. Like, if you watch Spider-Man No Way Home, right? 
the trailers for that and how much hype it garnered. You had action in those trailers. Intrigue, obviously, you know, the rumors of Toby and Andrew coming back and Daredevil and the other villains, like, yeah, that obviously helped. But even if you look back at Spider-Man Homecoming, Spider-Man Far From Home, and you look at the trailers, there's action. There's something to get you kind of involved with the plot. The Thor teaser trailer does not give you anything to do with the plot. Even when Jane Foster's Thor shows up, you're just like, okay, she just showed up. But there's nothing that builds the plot here. They're just throwing stuff at you. Oh, Thor's a hippie now. He's on a journey to find himself. Oh, look, Jane uh, Foster's Thor. And that's really it. They just throw things at you. They don't really give you, like, an overarching story. Like, oh, this is what Thor's going to have to, you know, like, this is what his main thing is going to be in the movie. Like, his journey. What he's trying to build up to. We know that he's not wanting to fight anymore. But it's a Marvel movie. Obviously, he's going to have to fight. There's going to have to be action. But the question is, is this going to be the final Thor movie? Because it seems like they're doing a passing of the torch, which has been something Marvel Studios has been doing lately. I mean, you know, you take a look at Kate Bishop, right, getting the Hawkeye mantle, and then you look at Miss um, Marvel, she's going to be getting a mantle of her own. Not necessarily a passing of the torch for her, but she's going to be getting her own, um, and so forth, right? You're going to keep seeing characters get mantles passed down, like Sam Wilson is now Captain America. The mantle's been passed on to another person. Black Panther, because of Chadwick Boseman's passing, they're going to have to pass the Black Panther down to someone else. It's the same thing when it comes to other characters or legacy characters like Black Widow. You know, Yelena's going to become the next Black Widow. Like, they're passing of the torch moments. And I think with Thor Love and Thunder, this will maybe Chris Hemsworth's last appearance as Thor, or he's going to be subjugated to more of like a side character role after this movie, I think. Don't quote me on that because I'm, I'm not saying this with like 100% certainty. It's more of a guess or a prediction. But I know that all this isn't exactly just about the trailer. But it's the truth though when we talk about Marvel movies right now. They're passing the torch. And it wouldn't surprise me if he's passing the torch to Jane Foster's Thor going forward. So, my thoughts on the trailer or final thoughts. Pretty boring, pretty disappointed. Hopefully they can get my interest back into it, but um, if not, then that's just how that is, but thank you very much for listening. I hope you all enjoyed. My next podcast, hopefully, we'll be talking about Moon Knight once. I'm waiting for the full series to come out, or at least the full series, so I can just binge it, just get a full podcast breaking down what I like about the entire show and stuff, because I think going episode by episode is kind of repetitive, where if you just wait till the entire series is out, you can go into full spoilers on everything, which is what I like to do. I don't like to do spoiler-free reviews. If that's the case, I can just put a post on my Discord or put a post online saying, oh, I like this or I didn't, and then watch my spoiler review to know why I did or didn't like it. So th- that's kind of why I like to do it. I know some people like to make a lot of content. They're like, oh, if I just spread it out episode by episode, I can make a lot of content, which is true. But you, you you could make a longer video with more ads or podcasts with ads than just making smaller videos. But then again, too, I also do podcasts by myself, not with other people like I used to. So I don't have that dialogue with other people, which would make the podcast a lot longer. But as I said, thank you very much for listening. Hope you all enjoyed, and I'll catch you.